The Forum at 8 on SAFM. It's 10 past 8. Good morning to those who've just tuned in. Welcome to the show and to everybody who's been with us since 6 a.m. Thanks for staying with us this morning. Now, today on The Forum at 8, we're talking about one of South Africa's greatest, but some would say often forgotten heroes of the struggle for freedom in uh, Robert Mangaliso Sobukwe, one of the first to propose uh, the idea of a non-racial rather than a multiracial future for South Africa. And we're talking about Robert Sobukwe. He was, of course, an academic, a lawyer, a founder of the uh, Pan-Africanist Congress. And he was so feared by the apartheid government that when um, he actually went to prison, he was uh, kept in solitary confinement um, or internal exile under house arrest. Sobukwe's legacy is of course visible in two of the most crucial moments of South Africa's struggle the Sharpeville Massacre of 1960 and uh, also the June 1976 youth uprisings. But for more on this legacy, um, uh, we are joined by someone who actually knew uh, Robert Mangaliso Sobukwe who was mentored by him and um, rather honoured also this morning to be speaking to veteran journalist Mr. Joe uh, Tolwe. Thank you so much for speaking to us this morning. Uh, thank you for inviting me. Now, Mr. Tlolwe, you know, many people, you know, uh, talk about Robert Sobukwe, but we don't seem to know too much about the man other than uh, the usual stuff that we read up on because that is what's been written. There's no uh, recording of Robert Sobukwe's voice anywhere. We don't know what he sounded like. Uh, we know what he looks like through some of the pictures that captured that. But we don't seem to know too much more about the, uh, the, the man that was Sobukwe. And for someone who knew him, someone who was mentored by him, how would you describe Robert Mangaliso Sobukwe? Sobukwe was a very contradictory person. He was very imposing when you stood next to him. He was tall and you could feel his presence. But at the same time, I have never met somebody as humble as he was. So that was a contradiction in him, that your presence. But he didn't... Um, he, he, he accepted it with humility. And, and an imposing man, but, but a man who was considered at least by the government of the day as very, very dangerous. I mean, even more dangerous to the apartheid state than any other leader. Why was that the case? What was it about this man? Um, Sobukwe was a visionary. And when he stood on a platform to speak, he would sway the crowd with him. He wasn't an emotional speaker, but the depth of what he said was impressive. And when he he, he started the PAC and stood up with his vision of a free Africa, that's when the, the, the National Party government got frightened. In fact, they used to believe that he was a a messiah who was going to mislead uh, black people in this country. And uh, this notion of non-racial rather than multiracial, what exactly did that mean? Because this, of course, led to uh, Sobukwe and others leaving the African National Congress. I mean, um, the uh, signing of the Freedom Charter, we celebrated that a few weeks ago. But that was a seminal moment for the African National Congress as well and Sobukwe. Um, At the time, if you remember, the ANC was in an alliance with the Indian National Congress, the the Colored People's Organization, 
the uh, the 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 the, um, the the Congress of Democrats, and these were racially defined uh, uh, groupings, and therefore the, the the ANC had an alliance, and they believed in so-called multiracialism. And Sobuko said, in fact, this is racialism multiplied. And he said, if we are to create a new country, it has to be a non-racial country. And so one of the founding principles of the PAC at the time was that it would fight for a non-racial society. Before the word non-racialism was accepted into the ANC lexicon. And then, you know, the events that led to that uh, ultimate split, you know, the Freedom Charter, and um, what was Sobukwe's views on the Freedom Charter and, you know, w- what it would do to uh, or for the future of South Africa? Um, the, 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 the major arguments that he raised at the time was that if we were to follow the Freedom Charter as our map to freedom, we would end up in trouble for the simple reason that the Freedom Charter didn't define who the oppressor was and who the oppressed was. It didn't define who the, the crux of the liberations would carry the crux of the liberation struggle. And therefore, the Africanists were saying it is in fact the downtrodden indigenous Africans who are the victims of apartheid, who are, in fact, the people who have to liberate themselves. They shouldn't expect to be liberated by liberal whites who loved them. They, the, 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 the oppressed had to be the, 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 the fulcrum of the, the battle for liberation. And even today, some people, and, and, and you hear this, you know, rather often, depending on who you speak to, would still say, but, you know, that was a, a racist statement by Robert Sobuka. It was a racist stance that he adopted. <laughs> um, decidedly not a racist stance, in the sense that you, you, you don't have somebody who preaches non-racialism and then at the same time accuse him of being racist. All he was saying was, um, it's the oppressed who have to liberate themselves. And, um, and, and, and if the oppressed were, in fact, black, or were the indigenous uh, people of the country, so, so, so be it. It's not racism. It is a question of looking at what exists and saying who is going to liberate these people. And, you know, listening to, you know, um, you uh, b- uh, telling your stories about, you know, your time with Sobukwe, giving us insights into, you know, some of the thinking there and knowing what the South African government of the time thought of Sobukwe as this very dangerous man, as you said, a visionary. Why do you think that today in 2015, a man of the stature of Robert Sobukwe is almost forgotten? I, I, I think at the crux of it is that the organization that he founded uh, disintegrated. Um, the, the, the PAC has not been able to assert itself in the national politics um, after his, his departure. 
there were there were very serious attempts to try and uh, regroup after after Shabville. But this floundered because the visionary had been taken away and the people who got in didn't match the men who had founded the organization. And again, we should remember that the organization didn't have enough time to grow and to develop a culture. About less than a year after it was founded, it launched on on the on on the uh, sub on the the anti-pass campaign, which virtually destroyed it, and therefore it didn't have the roots to be able to function um, very properly after it had been banned. Now you know, looking at uh, the legacy that. Uh, um Mr. Robert Sobukwe was known for. Um, the first that comes to mind is, of course, that crucial moment in South Africa's um, liberation struggle in the Sharpeville massacre of 1960. Hmm. Um, in fact, that was a watershed year in, in the history of this country. Um, in fact, Sobukwe had actually anticipated that the police would unleash violence on the people. And he had written a letter to the commissioner of police um, saying to him, on a particular day we will come out, we will go to all your police stations and demand to be arrested. Um, We know that your policemen are very violent. Please um, make sure that they are on their leashes and don't get violent. And very sadly, what he had anticipated actually happened. When peaceful crowds walked to the Shabil police station, to the Langa police station in Cape Town, um, the police opened fire on them, killing so many people. And it was at that moment that the world realized the violence of apartheid. But how did Sobukwe feel about this, you know, especially given that he had anticipated that the police would respond in the manner in which they did? Um, he had thought that by writing to the commissioner of police, um, he would be able to avoid that type of thing happening. So when we um, ended up at the uh, number four prison, that is the Johannesburg prison, um, on the day of Shabville and the day after Shabville, he was a very angry man. And, 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 and how did he give expression to this anger, which I, I would suppose, you know, was tinged with frustration as well? Um, he, he used to say that, unfortunately, um, the tree of liberty has to be watered with the blood of its martyrs. And he said these people had not died in vain. And he was right, because what, what he was saying then, in fact, has been, um, we've been vindicated. We are liberated now, thanks to the sacrifices of the people who died. 
And uh, soon after that, on the 25th of uh, March, uh, as it were, uh, that very same year, he was actually banished then, Sobukwe. And, and, and that started a whole new set of events, um, you know, uh, coming, uh, the, the government of the day coming up with the Sobukwe clause, and we'll get to that. But uh, that banishment, you know, um, uh, were you still in touch with him at that time? And, you know, how did that affect him? Um, in fact, what, what actually happened is that he served his three-year prison term. Uh, he was sentenced to three years in 1960. And at the end of his prison term, he was, he was then taken to Robben Island. A special law was passed to be able to take him to Robben Island without having answered any charges in court. And he was kept in isolation on Robben Island until he was released from Robben Island after, I think, about eight years or so, staying on his own on the island. He wasn't even allowed to mix with other prisoners. And on his release, he was then um, uh, sent to Kimberley, a town he didn't even know. He was put into exile in, in, in Kimberley. Um, and he stayed there for a while. In fact, I went to visit him on, at, um, in Kimberley after he had been released from Robben Island. And he was still his very pleasant, very um, a gentle self, but very resolved, saying we will get liberated. And just on that Sobukwe clause, I mean, um, every time I read it, I, I, I'm still baffled and I'm still dumbstruck by the fact that something like this could have happened, that something like this was done. So, you know, just for the benefit of our listeners um, who may not know about it uh, this morning, that they, uh, on the 3rd of May 1963, Parliament enacted a General Law Amendment Act. Now, the Act um, included what was termed the Sobukwe clause, which empowered the Minister of Justice to prolong the detention of any political prisoner indefinitely. And um, so this clause was renewed every year when it was due to expire on the 30th um, of June. However, it was only ever used on Sobukwe. In fact, in his speech to Parliament, he did mention that he was uh, proposing this particular piece of legislation to deal with Sobukwe, who he said was the most dangerous man in the country. But what was strange was that, you know, if this is the most dangerous man in the country, one would have thought that when the opportunity presented itself for government to actually give Sobukwe a pass to leave South Africa, they would jump at it. And yet they didn't. Um, uh, 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 simply because they thought he would be much more dangerous if he was uh, let out of the country because of the influence he would have on overseas countries, uh, on the people in exile, and that is why they refused to give him um, an exit permit. 
I'm speaking to um, Mr. Joe uh, Tlolwe this morning and uh, we're talking about Robert Mangaliso Sobukwe and uh, we're talking about it because we can, because we want to, because we should be talking about people like uh, Robert Sobukwe because very often we hear the cries, people lamenting uh, the fact that we only ever talk about the same people over and over again. Well, let's try and talk about our heroes then and um, we'd love to hear from you. What is What are your views? Uh, perhaps there's someone out there who also knew Robert Sobukwe, uh, your take on the legacy of Sobukwe and uh, whatever else is on your mind regarding this 891 is our call-in number. SMS us on 34701, tweet or Facebook, AM Live on SAFM or at Sakina Kamwendo. Um, Tate Joe, we have Frank Talk on the line from Angaung. Good morning. Morning, SK and um, Tate Joe. I, I just want to say, SK, um, you know, one thing that uh, is... Uh, travesty of history is that this country is not celebrating its heroes. Um, Sobukwe is, is, is a legend, and I'm saying this because even Steve Bantubigo called Sobukwe God. Now, if an intellectual of Steve Bantubigo caliber would call uh, uh, Robert Magaliso Sobukwe God, it, it actually tells us that we may be not doing justice to you know his legacy. And I, I just want to say, in as much as his legacy is embedded in the Pan-Africanist Congress, but, but I believe, you you know, somebody can start a foundation, you know, similarly to Steve Bantubigo, had it not been the bigger foundation, same thing would have happened. So, you know, I think it is those who really cared about, uh, you know, uh, uh, Robert Cross's legacy should stimulate a foundation because a foundation, therefore, uh, becomes detached the current politics and, and, and then uh, uh, Sobuwe will then be celebrated by everyone as, as, as a hero of the country. And I'm saying this because, you know, my father wanted to name me Mangaliso, but my mother objected. But then, you know, I just named my son Mangaliso because, you know, I, I believe uh, uh, Sobuwe was the greatest. The fact that apartheid government would even pass a law for an individual tells you how great Sobuwe was. I mean, uh, I've read uh, the book, How Can a Man Die Better? It is only when you read that book and have the understanding of the caliber of a person that Prof uh, was. Um, you know, even at Robben Island, if you hear the history, how he was treated. Now, the sad thing about this travesty of, of not telling the truth about, B, uh, I mean, about Sobugwe or Bigo is that even when you go to Robben Island, the bus doesn't stop at the house where Sobugwe mm. was. I mean, you're mm. just being old. Well, the bus is moving, and, 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 and you know, the second visit, we, we demanded to stop there, to say, we want to stop, tell us more about Sobuga, but, you know, we didn't get the keys. Now, now that's just one other thing that says, in as much as, uh, you know, the history is told by the victims, uh, I would have expected the ANC, which is our organization, to tell a truthful history of all the heroes and the heroines of the struggle, from Sobuwe to Steve Bantubigo um, to Mandela. Let's herald all of them, not just those that, uh, you know, were, were in the African National Congress. Because, you know, we, we are not, we are doing disservice to our kids. Even when you look at the history books, Sobuwe is mentioned, you know, the current uh, books that the kids are learning, is mentioned in a paragraph or two, and I, I believe this is not correct. But, but uh, you know, I just want to say there could be, the starting of the foundation, which is something that can bring back and herald the legacy of uh, Prof. 
Thank you so much, uh, Frank Talk. And uh, we'll continue because, uh, you know, listening to Frank Talk there in Tatejo, I'm just wondering whether Sobukwe is suffering uh, the same fate in death as he did in life, you know, whereby um, for some reason his legacy has once again been banished to um, the outer limits of our memories and of society as he was talking there about the bus on Robben Island that doesn't even stop, um, you know, at uh, the prison cell where he was actually held. The Forum at 8 on SAFM. Thank you for uh, tuning in to the Forum at 8 this morning. We are talking about Robert Mangaliso Sobukwe. And, um, you know, again, just interesting, Ntate uh, Joe, uh, from some of our listeners who are asking, can't you play something? Like, no, we can't, because there is nothing to play. Ntate uh, Joe, maybe you can explain um, uh, to some of the younger listeners that there is nothing about Robert Sobukwe. Uh, before I do that, let me just say uh, uh, what, what the last call of uh, Frank spoke about a, a foundation. In fact, there is a foundation that is being that is run by Sobukwe's son, uh, Dini Sobukwe. It is the Robert Mangaliso Sobukwe Foundation, but it is low profile because it doesn't have resources. It doesn't have the the, the type of publicity that other foundations are getting. But now about um, the recordings of Sobuka speaking or whatever. At the time that the PAC was founded, the only broadcaster in the country was the SABC, and it was a national party um, uh, uh, mouthpiece. Uh, so they would never, ever even think of going to record an interview with Sobukwe. And in turn, he would never, ever agree to be interviewed by the SAPC. So you don't have any uh, broadcast facilities. At the time, the only way that he could be heard was via his writings or via live meetings. And some of us remember those very electric meetings where he spoke. Uh, but unfortunately, it is not recorded um, anyway, except the only thing that we have are his writings. And then and, and one of the other things that uh, Frank Talk uh, touched on, and I see several of our listeners also talking about um, uh, the Robben Island tours, for example, and the fact that uh, you can no longer even go. Um, to the Sobukwe house. What's your feeling on that? Um, that's, that's very new to me because the last time I went to, uh, to the island, I was taken to the uh, uh, Sobukwe house and I was on a public tour at the time. So if, in fact, people have been stopped from going there, I'd be most shocked. Mm. And and that's perhaps something worth looking into because several people have actually sent messages um, saying that this has happened. I see one of our colleagues on sister radio station, Rams Mabote, says he also um, was one of those people who were told no. So it's it's going to be one that perhaps we need to look into in Tate Joe. But yeah, we, um, we, we certainly need. To we, we we definitely should. But let's let's go back to the lines. Um, Temba Emma Tateni, good morning. My sister, well, I would like to ask 
that he uses his influence, experience and exposure in journalism in ensuring that the foundation Kababu Roberts Mangaliso does function. Two, I also attest that when I was at Robben Island thrice, were not taken to the house of Babu Spooko. They only just point that and say that's where he was arrested. That this is done deliberately because he's resorting by victors. Another thing, I would love him to use his influence that can we not change the house of Ubabu Sobogo into a museum in Khadishaw. I once said on your show on the 27th of April that what he was using as his office is being demolished. Can't Babu Tole do something that that house is being preserved? Lastly, I, I only know his book, which a book on him which was written by former entertainment journalist Mr. Benjamin Pokrand, which 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 is titled How a Man Can Die Better. Can't Ubabu Chotole do something, writing something separately from a black man's, black man's perspective and bringing into focus other things which are not in that book? I would also love to have his number because I've tried to liaise with him through correspondence through the offices of SANEF. There's no response I got. Thanks a million. Uh, thank you so much, uh, Tim. I will uh, try and get you in touch with Ndate Joe after this. Advocate Vusin Kosi, good morning. Uh, morning, Sakina, and morning to your guests and listeners. I just want to contribute by a few things. That uh, The topic is very important, and thanks for, 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 for you to have this type of a topic, because uh, the, the history of South Africa is written in such a way that uh, it reminds me of a saying that uh, when the hunters they write their, their own history, the, the, that, that history always praises the hunters. So don't have a view from the lions. So now there's something that I hate to say, more especially the people, the certain leaders fought for us. And they forget that the history, uh, historically, the freedom was fought by everybody, even ordinary people and some leaders, including a, a Robert Sobukwe, who are not who are not given due recognition as they uh, as as the leaders that fought for freedom. So there is no particular an individual leader can claim that he he has fought the freedom for us. I will uh, close by a quote from from Robert Sobuko when he was uh, defining in his book uh, how can a man die better, the role of a true leader. He said the very something that is profound. He said. A true leadership demands a complete subjugation of self, absolute honesty, integrity, uprightness of character, fearless, and above all, the love of one's people. Uh, thank you, Sakin. Thank you so much, Advocate, there for sharing those sentiments with us. Uh, Sipo, you calling from Joburg. Thank you very much, Sakina, and good morning to Ndatetlhoele. Sakina, for me, where I was born, a street has been named after Robert Sobukwe. What is important, again, in Soweto, if you remember, UJ, the former visitor Soweto campus, there's a building named after Robert Sobuko. But what is, it is very critical, Sakina, is to acknowledge the knowledge of Sobuko in terms of African unity, the questions that Africa it is facing now. Let us look at the conflicts that are going on in Africa to Prajo. What will be Sobuko's view in, the, in terms of this divisions, fight over, Resources and coming back home in terms of leadership, what will Sobuke define leadership of today in South Africa? And maybe finally, Sakina, as you are saying, the issue of media not able to can even 
retrieve any voiceovers or pitch or maybe uh, the voices of uh, Sobuka. I think what we are only left with is the writing, and maybe it is that challenge that even other leaders who are currently living now, the former uh, PAC and ANC and Azap, we should start to document them now. We should not wait them to pass and we start to talk about them. Thank you. Thank you so much, Advocate uh, Sipo Mantula. Recognize that voice. Ntate Joe? Um, there, are, there are several things that um, um, I should point out. The first is that every person in this country who lived through apartheid actually helped fight apartheid. So we should think of the entire nation as a nation of heroes. And the South African history should be written by each and every one of us from the where we stood, what we saw, what we did, and it will be a rich history that is not told by the hunters. Now, we unfortunately, we are not doing that. We are not telling our stories. We claim that some people are professional writers, etc., it doesn't need professional writers to tell the story of a nation. It needs the people to tell their story. Um, the, the second part I wanted to mention was that uh, the quotation that uh, the, 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 uh, the advocate read, in fact, is inscribed on Sobukwe's uh, tombstone about the nature of leadership. And in fact, he was an embodiment of that type of leader. So he would look at Africa today and he would say how we have failed our people. Because what, 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 what actually happens when a people are liberated is that they choose stewards to guide them through the reconstruction. And all our stewards have failed us. Uh, Instead of guiding us through the reconstruction, they jumped into the shoes of the erstwhile oppressors, and they do exactly the same things that the, um, the oppressors used to do before. They live in luxury houses. They drive beautiful cars. Um, They, they. They are protected by armies of um, of, uh, of, uh, of uh, VIP protectors. And in the end, the gap between the poor and the rich keeps widening. So we are right back where we were before. Only the color of the oppressor has changed. And it's the story of the entire Africa at the moment. And I tell you, you know, um, why I don't particularly like questions such as those of, you know, what would Sabukwe do? Because can we say with absolute authority, and and that is a rhetorical question, that um, Sabukwe, had he been around today, uh, would not have fallen prey to uh, some of the obstacles that other leaders have? The the set... um, uh, um Part of our history is that we, the, the people who espoused certain beliefs, certain um, ideologies, have abandoned them. Now, I can't say Sobukwe would have abandoned his beliefs if he had gotten into power, if he had gotten into, uh, into, into parliament. I can't say that. 
But the man that I know was a man who would have said no to certain privileges, who would have said, no, I can't be earning so much more than the people that, that I serve. I remember when we got to, uh, to Stony Yard Prison in Boxbeck, the, uh, the, the, the prison commander uh, called us to a, a, a parade and he asked, who is Sobukwe? And when Sobukwe stood up, he said to him, okay, uh, here's um, a pair of pants for you, here's a jersey for you, here are shoes for you. He was offering him a long uh, a, a, a pair of pants. He was offering him a jersey while we were in shorts and we we, we wore very thin red uh, uh, shirts. And Sobukwe said, I will accept them on condition every one of my people gets them. And the, the, the prison, the, the, the commander said, unfortunately, this is just for you because you are the leader of this group. And Sobukwe said, no, thank you. That was the type of person he was. Well, uh, so much more to share and so much more we want to know. Um, lots of messages coming through. Let me just answer this one quickly that ask, um, uh, says there's a Sobukwe Museum in Grafrenet. Why? Now, I know the answer to that, so I shan't bother uh, Tate Joe. It is because Sobukwe was born in Grafrenet. Um, uh, the, the 5th of uh, December 1924 is when he was born in Grafrenet. Let's go back uh, to the lines. Um, Tabang calling from Standerton. Now, if this is the Tabang, I think it is. This is the person who actually conscientized me to Sobukwe and the PAC. Good morning, Tabang. Uh, good morning, Sakina. How are you? I'm well, and you? Yes, yes, Sakina. Yes, it's Tabang, the one and only that you know from Standerton. <laughs> Welcome, Tabang. Okay, thank you very much, Sakina. Yeah, we are speaking about uh, the defier of the undefiable here, uh, Robert Mangaliso Sobukwe. Uh, in the English language, initially, there was no term of non-racialism. And this term was coined by uh, Robert Sobukwe uh, himself. And I heard you with Babacho while um, you were still discussing the issue of the Cliptown Charter. And you said then that statement that to say that the Africans had to free themselves, it was a, a racist statement. So Sobukwe was not racist at all. So he, termed the, he coined the term of uh, non-racialism. And even myself as well, I have been to, to Robben Island. So I had to literally force the bus to stop, and then I, I, I got out of the bus, and then I went into the house. But unfortunately, the, the house was locked. But I was in the yard of the house where Sobukwe was kept uh, at Robben Island as well. And Sobukwe as well was the first prisoner um, when he was tried in 1960. Hopefully, maybe Intertejo was there as well. Uh, the first leader who, who defied the court. He, ne- he, he, he never pleaded in the, in the, in the, in the, in the, in the white men's uh, court. And he is still celebrated as well in Standerton by many of the people. Oh. oh, by the way, he spent some time in Standerton, four years. Yes, so he was teaching yes. at Jandral Secondary. That school still exists, so yeah? Yes, yeah? yes. 
So, yeah. Okay, Tamang, thank you so much okay. uh, for taking us, um, you know, back there. And uh, thanks for raising uh, that very important issue of Sobukwe's recognition of um, the courts uh, and the system at the time. We'll ask Ntate Joe to weigh in on that. Kola in Pretoria, good morning. Good morning, Sakina. How are you? Well, and you? I'm good. Good morning, Pacho. And the listeners. Uh, Sakina, I found it quite strange. Actually, there's a deliberate attempt to rewrite this country's history, hence the marginalization of the role of the Sobukwes amongst others. It's also quite strange that you'd have, I'm not making comparison of who was the better leader or maybe, but now we should know. What, don't you find it quite strange that you'll have a university named after uh, your Walter Sisulu, who I'm not sure whether he lectured or I mean, what his role would be in um, in universities, as opposed to Sobukwe. And um, the fact that almost every other year, up until I think last year, last year was the only time that Sobukwe's grave was not being vandalized. You know, you'd have, I, I, I don't think that it would be your common law tags that would just go out of all those graves that are there in a, in a, in, in half rainet, that they would just choose Sobukwe's grave, just to vandalize it. But the question is, uh, in, in whose interest would want to do that? Is it, I mean, is it the fact of the fact, I mean, is it the fact that the apartheid regime feared Sobukwe alive and others fearing, fearing him even long after his death? Thank you, Sakina. Thank you so much, Kola. Um, uh, pensioner in Guguletu, good morning. Uh, good morning, SK. One thing which made the, uh, the government of the time to hate him so much, that is Sobuke, he said, let's go for the land and then the vote. And that is why they feared him so much. And when he was sick, you know he was sick, he spent some time at Khrotskir Hospital. Nobody was allowed to visit him except a minister of religion. And uh, from that time, even up to today, I used to work for the, for the government. I was in the native affairs, so-called native affairs, and uh, in observatory. And uh, uh, on Wednesdays, I used to put on a black uh, blazer, a white tie, and a black tie. I mean a, a white shirt and a black tie. And that is how I used to be allowed to go and pray with him at Khrodeskir. And when I told him who I was, and I gave him my surname, which I will not mention, he looked at me pensively for a long time. And I knew with whom he was identifying me, uh, in, in the, who was one of the, uh, the leaders, the wife of one of the leaders of the ANC. I won't mention his name. And I knew that, well, he was right. I was that person related. Uh, we've lost a uh, pensioner in Guguletu, but uh, yeah, I think we should uh, try and get a uh, pensioner's details there um, so that we could speak to him again off air because he seems like he has many stories uh, to tell. Lebohang in Johannesburg, good morning. <laughs> morning, SK. It's actually Lebohang Peku. How are you? Ah, Lebohang, good morning. Thanks for calling in. Indeed, I had to. I mean, this is a very rare moment that we hear multiple stories and multiple um, narratives being given a platform in the public domain. And I really wanted to publicly appreciate that and greet Brad Joe there. 
Um, in, in response to some of the questions that have been asked, several books other than the one by Benjamin Programme have been written by Ndate Sobukwe, and I very rarely publicly talk about my familial relationship, but mo- most notably by my father, Dr. Mutsuku Keku. And I think it would be very interesting if you are able to um, have him also in future and others like him as well in future on the program. But I think that the way that history is being written in this country uh, to to sympathize and to, to concur with all of the previous callers is an absolute travesty. The narrow, the narrow um, history and the identification of history in this country is not going to do anybody justice for future generations. So I truly appreciate this effort, and I hope that there will be many others. Bye, Sakina. Thank you so much. Um, we're going to take a break, Ndate Joe. When we come back, I'll give you an opportunity to respond to all of that. The city of Ekuruleni offers a cash-free one-stop shop service on registration and licensing of motor vehicles for bulk licensing corporate clients. This includes the following. Normal bulk services with an average lead time of 12 hours. Speed bulk services at an average lead time of 5 to 25 minutes. Documents are submitted throughout the day with no cut-off time. Office hours are from 8 to 3.30 p.m. This business desk is based at Kempton Park CBD. For more information, call 011-999-3053 or 3833 or visit ekuruleni.gov.za. City of Ekuruleni, a partnership that works. Hey, Baba, my business is doing well, and I do not have to share my business information, including information about my employees with no one. I pay the salaries, you know? Yeah, yeah. Look, as an employer, you need to comply because inspectors from the Department of Labor will be visiting workplaces to check the level of compliance with labor legislation. Comply? What do you mean? Look, as an employer, you need to declare information of your employees with the Unemployment Insurance Fund by the 7th of each month. To declare your employees, visit www.ufiling.co.za. UIF, working for you. A message from the Department of Labor. Join us on Top Billing for the very best of the good life every Thursday night at 7.30. Escape the everyday. Live the extraordinary. Join your award-winning favorites, Jonathan, Banang, Jeannie, Dorna, Roxy, Nico, Ursula, Joanne, and Jade as we run, jump, taste, test, fly, and dive into every thrill that makes life so worth the living. Thursday nights at 7.30. Repeat Sunday at 12.30. Find it on 3. The Forum at 8 on SAFM. Talking about uh, Robert Mangaliso Sobukwe on the Forum at 8 this morning and our guest, Ntate Joe uh, Tlolo, and uh, he has been uh, great in sharing his stories as um, uh, Robert Mangaliso Sobukwe was actually uh, a mentor to him. So spend some time with the man. And um, uh, Fundo saying, uh, uh, I must bring a pensioner back. We'll definitely try and get him because pensioner seems to know something. And uh, Lebu Hang was also saying, you know, there are these many stories and uh, we'll, we'll We'll try and 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 get something, paint some tapestry uh, to try and weave the story of uh, Robert Mangaliso Sobukwe. Ntate Jo? Um, in, in, in fact, I'm delighted that you're looking at a tapestry of stories about Sobukwe. When Pensioner was talking, I could just imagine Sobukwe on his bed with this very wide, toothy smile that he had acknowledging a pensioner. Um, he had this very warm smile that always, always charmed me. Um, and 
I still believe that if each and everyone told the story of this country, we would have a full tapestry, as you put it, of our history and possibly of our future. And the stories about Sobukwe can tell that adequately. I just want to read some of the um, other messages that have come through, and I must appreciate, you know, um, the, uh, the 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 throng of messages that are still streaming through. Um, but many of them basically just acknowledging the fact that we took the time out to speak about Sobukwe. Jabu says, uh, "SK, all the Africanists, including your guests, have done a disservice to our struggle. Hence, no one remembers true heroes of our struggle." What's your take on that and that Joe? Um, that, that in fact that the history we are told is a very distorted history is true and I don't want to blame somebody else I think we are to blame for not telling our side of the story but 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 I think we are all in agreement that more needs to be done. We, we we certainly need to do more to get the stories of you know more of the people who are involved in our liberation struggle out there. Most certainly, most certainly. And um, yeah, I'm not even going to read more of these because I'm amazed at how many of you actually just took the time out just to say great show, very refreshing. And thank you so much to you, Ntate uh, Joe, for uh, spending your t- morning with us and sharing your um, memories of uh, such a great, great man that we almost seem to have relegated to the footnotes of history. The Forum at 8 on SAFM.